This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Cody, Boezy, Jeremy, Ali, Shining Donut 911, Nathan, Jennifer with a PH, Mr. Rage Bomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Danielle, Amy, Tia, Lauren, Dave, Jonathan, Scott, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. But because it's that special time of the month, we get to shout out our You Can Get It level sponsors, and they are as follows Brooklyn, the Macho Mandalorian, Tori, Eli, Jamie, Bryce, Haley, Sean, another Ashley, Logan, Dominic, Jamie. Amy, Trigger Happy Mongoose, Alex, Shayna, Allie, Dr. Voorhees, MD, Priscilla, Matt, Megan, Amelia, Brandy, Maxwell, Lisa, Courtney, AJ, Spider Gwen, Lisa, Rock Donkey, Kristen, Irene, Naomi, Bex, Gage, Laura, Rich Homie Juan, Richie, Daisy, Jackie, Mushroom Snail Fox, Jennifer, and Michelle. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers where we hang out daily. Yeah. Do people not Google Street View their Airbnb anymore? What the fuck? I don't stay in Airbnbs anymore. Not when I'm alone. I don't stay in Airbnbs anymore either because they're just as expensive as hotels and I have to clean them. Yup. So fuck Airbnb. This podcast sponsored by Airbnb. <laughs> Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> I ate four fifths of a protein bar. It's that last fifth that's going to get you, Mikey. I just can't get it out of the wrapper. Mikey, if you can't get the protein bar out of the wrapper, you need to eat more protein bars. I'm too strong. I don't know what it's doing. He is, wow, you were like a monkey doing a math problem. You're like really having a hard time right now. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made us watch barbarian Bar- I, i'd like to open and say thank you listeners for picking a movie i actually wanted to see this time yeah no i was pretty excited about this yeah and it like really won like it won by a good amount very nice yeah i think it was like it's hundreds of votes but it like it got 40 percent of the votes and there were only you know there were four different movies for the final four but it got 40 percent of the vote the next closest one was willie's wonderland it got 30 percent of the vote very cool i mean i hated this movie because it scared the shit out of me but like (laughs) yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it mikey i actually saw this movie for the first time sitting next to mikey while we saw it in the theaters yeah what was that like it was awful (laughs) oh mikey why was it awful each of your tweets about it was amazing well one let's talk about how many times todd likes to check the time on his phone without the brightness turned down oh yeah I was blinding Mikey because I was like nervous and I was just like trying to do anything that was not like focused on the movie. People paid for these tickets. First off, every time I like tap my phone to like break the tension to like see the light come on, like it was like someone turned on a fucking police spotlight. It's so rude <laughs> in a theater. I was like, turn your brightness all the way down. Are you calling fucking Batman into this theater? <laughs> <laughs> we needed Batman. This movie was scary as shit, Paige. We did not need Batman. You wouldn't let me dig my face into your shoulder, though. I was very upset about that. I wouldn't want to hurt your face with my awesome shoulders. <laughs> yeah, you haven't eaten four fifths of that protein bar, so. That's right. Wait, were you wearing your fancy shirt? He was wearing a fancy shirt. Yeah. Mikey dressed up for our mandate. 
<laughs> I don't want him to cry on my shoulders. I'm not dating him or whatever. Rude. I'm sorry you're so hurt, Todd. By the way, you still owe me for those tickets, you dick. <laughs> I said send me a Venmo request. Yeah, I forgot. Or you could just send him money via Venmo. <laughs> if you paid, you request. That's the rules. Is that the rules? No, I always, dick, that's a dick rule. I always just pay. I always just pay. Yeah. I'm just like, how much do I owe you? Great. Sending. Yeah, Mikey's not like that so much because he's a selfish person yes todd was scared so he had to ruin the movie watching experience for 40 other people <laughs> we were so far in the back no one saw it except for you there were people sitting directly behind us i was like turn the brightness down they can see this i also really like that <laughs> natalie was there with you and todd was still trying to bury his face in your shoulder natalie's a tiny little lady she's not gonna be able to protect me she is a tiny lady <laughs> protect you she's for not what? the barbarian yeah it was a terrifying fucking movie Paige, did you go to the theater to see it or was it just mikey and me that saw it in the theaters jake and i went to the theater and uh our theater was largely empty there was like our row and then a couple of the rows yeah same and we went to the, one of those theaters that had like food service yes yeah, same. i love our food service theater we have one that it's like cheaper than all the other theaters in town and the food service is kind of terrible but like it's cheap and the seats are big and like the food is nice and it's like tucked away in this parking structure thing so nobody knows it's there nice. so that's where we go all the time back when movie passes a thing this is like before the podcast i would go to the same theater we went to this time mikey and like order food like not to necessarily see a movie i remember i saw tomb raider because i just wanted one of their dishes because i like was craving it oh, God. so i like went and saw whatever movie was showing at that time <laughs> so i could order food from them honestly Honestly, support this. I support this. It was awesome. It was dinner and a show. But because I got in for free, like, it was awesome. It was just dinner, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, Tomb Raider wasn't bad. Look, I am not one to say that you people waste their money. Unless it's, like, really fragrant. I mean, like, go enjoy something. Did you say flagrant or yeah. fragrant? Flagrant violation of humanity. I, listen, I am not about people wasting their money unless it smells good. <laughs> yeah, it's got to smell good to your soul. And that's, <laughs> that's really what it's about. It's called self-care. Yeah. Smell-care. Mm-hmm. Smell-care. <laughs> Oh, my God. So what did you guys think about it when you saw it? I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was scary. I thought it was interesting. What I did not like is that people did not make decisions like I would make decisions, no. which kind of ruined it a bit. Well, some people did. Some people didn't. And and I'll yeah. talk about that as the movie goes, because that is intentional. Yeah, I'm sure. No, I think most people didn't. Yeah. I mean, the second they went further into the basement i was like no, no one would do that you would not do this the yeah. second she went into that airbnb i was like no well i was like i'm a huge dude i would never go into a different person i'd be like you're right i'm getting the fuck out of here yeah i would immediately have left yeah i would have driven to a hotel yeah especially if it was like no come in i'd be like def this is i'm doubling down on not going well we'll get into it when we talk about the movie but this movie is broken into three parts and that first part is kind of an amazing fake out i love that it was a fake out i love that yeah. he was actually a good dude yeah i'll cover it in fun facts but i read an uh an interview with the director and he talks about that section of the movie in a really interesting way and i'll save it for fun facts because it made me like like the movie even more because it was really interesting the way he thought about it and how he views these characters um but i full-blown thought we were going to get fresh part two same in that first section it was amazing that guy is worse with women than i am yeah and that's saying something mikey because you're pretty bad yeah yeah i'm pretty bad especially if i actually like someone oh i'm like can i trap you in my house would you say oh fuck i mean like do you like bob's burgers yeah, you got good legs, girl. <laughs> How do you feel about red balloons or paper boats or sewers? I've got 99 of them. 
Oh. Red balloons. I get the joke. I just didn't love it. <laughs> anyway, I I really liked it as well. I thought I thought it was really interestingly done. The filmmaking was great. I wasn't as scared, what? but I really liked it. Yeah, I was scared in the tunnel parts. Fuck me too. Yeah, by part three out of the house, I was not scared. It is much less scary once she gets out and they go to like the water tower. From then on, it's not that scary. But that's like ten minutes left at that point. Once I realized what was happening. And, and who she was in relation to the house, I was no longer afraid. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that that was not my experience, though, Like, because yeah. I was afraid the entire time. I will say thoroughly enjoyed Justin Long. Same. Uh! Like, Justin Long does such a good job in this movie because he is such a bad dude. dude. I thought I was like, oh, my God, we have a dash cam situation happening but right th- here. That's the difference is this movie <laughs> handles it right. Yeah, because he's a villain. Like, I really love that at the end of this movie we get the moment where he's like Justin Long is like I'm maybe I'm a bad person yeah I don't want to be a bad person I don't have to be a bad person like he's having these realizations and then chooses evil and then still chooses to be a bad person immediately Paige yeah he like literally gave himself a I'm gonna be a good person pep talk and then immediately is a bad person and that was yes hilariously awesome to me When we first get introduced to him, it seems almost like the movie is going to be sympathetic to him. And I was like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. And then the longer it goes, the longer the movie is like, nah, he is dead meat. Yeah, eventually, (laughs) eventually you're like, oh, wait, no, the movie is fully in the no, fuck this dude. (laughs) Fuck this guy. And honestly, yeah, yeah, fuck this guy because he's a terrible, terrible dude. Oh, so good. But he played it so good. He was. Justin Long's great. That's also the difference. This is an actor playing a role, clearly, and playing it up and playing it deliberately obnoxious yeah but those scenes when he's like measuring the like torture basement i was like this is insane why would he do this our entire theater was laughing I know. it was Same. great ours too ours too it's yeah so good it's such a funny gag yeah and then they use the tape measure to scare the shit out of me like oh i hated man okay brilliantly <laughs> done yeah like there were so many bits <laughs> in this movie that i hated like mikey you were there i was almost laying down in my chair like the back of my head was touching like the seat more or less like i was ducked down super far and then just shining your phone at the screen <laughs> yeah but then it was like fucking gondor called for aid every 20 seconds when you were turning your, fl- your, your phone on <laughs> Todd door calls for aid. I was scared, Mikey, and you weren't helping me at all. But like, seriously, I was being quiet and watching the movie appropriately. Dude, when that first when what are we going to call her? She when she comes. She. Yeah. Yeah. We'll call her. She she is also she to clarify is not the barbarian necessarily. Um, I'll, I'll spoil a fun fact here. The director and writer, he he wrote and directed this, views her as a sympathetic victim. Yeah, I mean, she was tortured her entire life. Absolutely. Yeah. And so people have asked him already since this movie had, has come out, like, are you going to do a sequel? And he's like, well, I think it'd have to be a prequel about the guy who kept women there. He's like, but I'm not interested in exploring his story. I don't want to see a story from that guy's point of view. He's a bad guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, that's the right answer, my dude. (laughs) The reason the movie is barbarian is because the address of the house is four six seven Barbary Road, meaning the owner of the house would technically be a barbarian. Barbarian. Yeah, interesting. And so it's the the serial killer is the the barbarian. Yeah. 
the guy in the basement who shoots himself, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, that guy. And the one who I would argue has committed some of the most barbarous acts of the film. Yeah. yeah. Like, she, whoever, whatever her character name is, is deranged and a monster, but because she's been tortured her whole life and, like, doesn't know what real life is. Like, it wasn't given a chance to be a normal person. She's feral. Yeah, yeah she's feral. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's barbarous but also you checking your phone every 45 <laughs> seconds is the most barbarous thing that happened to me in that theater rude mikey rude tell us how you really feel i know right i've been holding on to this i was like this is what i want to talk about this is the only thing i want to talk about apparently because you brought it up like nine times already <laughs> but no i i really really liked it jake liked it as well and then once I came home and started reading more about kind of why they made some of the choices they made in the movie, I liked it even more. So I, I'd be really interested to watch it again. Unfortunately, typically when we do movies like this where they're in theaters, I am able to get a screener copy somehow from somebody, some you know, or it's streaming, whatever. I was not this time. Ooh, okay. So I, I literally watched the movie ran home and then took notes from memory. So uh, this may be a slightly shorter episode. I think I got it pretty good. It's it's close to the same length as a normal outline. Okay. Just so y'all know, <laughs> if we get anything wrong, it's because I had to do notes from memory because I couldn't take notes in the theater. Fair enough. I didn't want to turn my phone on and bug people. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, if you just turn your brightness down, page is fine. Which I did about halfway through the movie, and Mikey was still bitching at me. It's so annoying. I was like, man, I wish I could have just stayed at home and streamed this. <laughs> I will say, on a first viewing, and I, I had this experience with Nope a little bit too, where there were parts of the movie that I felt like were taking too long or were paced a little slow. But then after you find out what's going to happen, you realize the importance of those scenes and that pacing. And so on a second viewing, it doesn't feel slow. I think that's the same thing that would happen in this movie, because as I was watching the first third, basically the first act, I was like, damn, this is taking forever. This is definitely going to be a 30 minute fresh rug pull. Right. And then no, once it flips and we realize this is a completely different movie than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. The time they spent in that first act makes sense. But that's also why this movie almost didn't get made. And studio notes would have prevented this movie from being made and structured the way that it is. But the director fought and shopped the movie for two years to find someone who would let him do it as is. Oh, no shit. That's awesome. Good for him. That's surprising because they make such shitty movies. They do. They do. <laughs> uh, it's a Variety article interviewing him about it. I highly recommend it. I will talk about it in Fun Facts so you can go find the article and read it yourself. But I was very fascinated by it. Also, if you're a fan of the whitest kids you know, he is one of the whitest kids you know. I literally was about to bring that up. Like, Great. there's no way I could have interviewed the director of this movie and not refuse to talk about anything other than the grape you in the mouth sketch from the whitest. <laughs> kids you know oh see for me it would have been like a whole gallon of pcp oh my god the pcp sketch is <laughs> whole, so fucking gallon. funny yeah anyway so yeah he's already like one of the funnier people in the world and he wrote this or directed this did he write and direct it he wrote and directed it that makes sense. yeah yeah it was his passion project and uh he got a lot of offers for other stuff and obviously he gets uh, asked to write funny stuff all the time i'm sure yeah he's very funny and he was like no this is the thing i want to make is this the new thing sketch comedy from the early 2000s turning into horror icons my dude i don't know if you know but comedians dark fucking people yeah i was gonna make the joke uh i'm just glad they're living long enough to explore other avenues real talk my dude we've lost eight comics this year 
in just in Los Angeles. Yeah, I keep crossing them off my list. <laughs> but the Venn diagram of comedians and people who love horror is almost a perfect circle. Yeah. There's something about our twisted personalities that puts most of us in the horror camp. Yeah. So do you guys want to get into this movie and talk about it scene by scene? Let's do it. We open on a house in the rain with one light illuminating the front door. We watch as a car pulls up. We cut inside and reveal Tessa, who is arriving at an Airbnb. She's scrolling through her phone, looking at the reservation. And we see that she keeps getting messages from someone or phone calls from someone named Marcus. And she's ignoring it. She gets out of the car. She goes up to the porch. She can't get into the lockbox. She realizes she has the code wrong. She puts the right code in. The lockbox opens. No keys. So she tries knocking on the door a few times. I was a little concerned that no one answered when she was knocking on the door during this scene. But I think they do it to add to the feeling that he's maybe a bad guy. Yeah. I got that impression as well. Yeah. She gets back in her car. And as she does, the light comes on in the house. She goes and rings the doorbell. And Pennywise the clown answers. So... He says they both rented the place, at which point this movie for the next 15 minutes has the same plot as the Netflix original rom-com Love in a Villa, <laughs> which I live tweeted in our Facebook oh, group a week you ago. That's what I live tweeted. I want to watch that too. Is it good? No. Green Arrow from Smallville <laughs> in a villa? I'm here. That sounds terrible to me. It, it was not good. It was also one of those movies that, like, the the most romance we get is they kiss. Boo. And I hate that. Boo. I was like, these are adults. If you're not getting choked in a shower as big as my bedroom, I am not here for this romantic comedy. Yeah. Look, I don't know how much lovemaking is on Santa's boot camp when, when it comes out, the movie that I may be watering in the background in. I'm going to guess it's full zero. I think I'm going to have to write my sexy Christmas movie to have any sort of like holiday Christmas movie that actually has sex in it. We can put sex in our most violent time loop Christmas movie. <laughs> most violent time loop Christmas wedding. Yes. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Claus stuck in a time loop. Is it one of those like stuck porns? Because that's all. Wait, are you guys not familiar? This is uh, of the comedian circles. This is the thing everyone is joking about right now where there are a, a series of pornos where the whole plot air quotes plot of a porno <laughs> is that. A woman gets stuck somewhere and can't get out. And then instead of helping her out, someone has sex with her while she's stuck. And she's like, now I'm not upset to be stuck. And it's places that you can't actually get stuck, like bending into the washing machine. And she's like, I can't get out. What they should do is a Christmas story one where she has her tongue stuck to the pole outside. <laughs> <laughs> and the pole's name is Mikey. <laughs> As he finishes... You'll shoot your eye out. Gross! What? No! <laughs> I don't know how this doesn't already exist. I bet it does. Actually, Mikey did film a Christmas movie recently, so maybe he has a little inside scoop on the plot. Maybe. Santa's booty camp. <laughs> Mikey, you should also be in the porn parody of Santa's boot camp. Santa's booty camp. But also still wandering around the back of the Christmas oh, party. Oh, yeah. Like, you're just an extra, but you're in both. You're yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. Extra. yeah, yeah. Porn extra has to be the weirdest job. It's the only thing on my resume. It's porn extra. Do you want to kiss under the mistletoe? No, thank you. I don't have a foot fetish. It's just a missile with a toe on it. <laughs> we got to save these jokes for Christmas. 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. Pack it up, wrap it, put a tag on it that says don't open till Christmas. And then we will do these jokes at Christmas. So she's immediately suspicious of him because he's Pennywise the clown. But she does take the opportunity to go to the bathroom. And as she comes out, he seems to be nowhere to be found. But it turns out that he's just gone to get his reservation so she could confirm it. Time out, get, like a jump scare. Yes. Yeah. I'm immediately suspicious of anyone in an Airbnb alone. Same. Well, and also it's her Airbnb. Like it's his too. He has his own. I know. But at this point in the movie, I thought he was the owner of the house. There was yes. some shit in the basement and she was going to end up down there and he was going to yes. be the person her- holding her hostage. He was going to sell her meat to the highest bidder. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yes. You were going to exactly. get an awesome kitchen dance scene. It was going to be great. But like it was going to be great. I didn't expect that he was also just some guy who booked on a different like Airbnb type app the same house the same night. Yeah. And you know what we don't realize at this point is that he's there for a wine convention because he works for a winery but like hates his job and she there because it's a villa that overlooks ah, Juliet's ah, I'm balcony. I'm pretty sure you're going into the Even other one again, Paige. Juliet's like not a real person, so it's all <laughs> bullshit. Anyway, uh, yeah, what we don't realize at this point is that he is similarly a victim. Because yes. you fully think he's creepity creeps, like Mark Duplass, Sebastian yeah. Stan level villain creep. But they're all victims of Airbnb's predatory cleaning yeah. charges. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Business, business practices. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Also, they used the words actual Airbnb. So like they were like sponsored, but also didn't look good in it, I guess. They did. Well, and then HomeAway. Is HomeAway a real thing? I think HomeAway is a real one. Okay. In, in Love in a Villa, they have like real dumb fake names. <laughs> Just like, oh, I booked this place on House Find. Yeah, like exactly. Some shit that's like so benign. Yeah. I booked it on Facebook. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm looking at houses on Hillo. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, I check my house stuff on Bluefin. <laughs> anyway, so he is like, you should stay. Like, I'm. I feel bad. It's raining. There's not hotels available. I'm gonna make you some tea. And she wisely doesn't drink it. I feel like I would not have probably gone in the Airbnb. I probably would have left and and tried to find a hotel, even if I had to drive a couple cities over or whatever. Yeah. But the one thing that I did think was wise is that she doesn't take the tea. Right. She doesn't drink it at all. I love the scene where he is trying to get her to drink wine with him. Yeah. And he's like trying to explain why he didn't open the bottle. Like, oh man. That is a Mikey conversation I, fully. I did connect with that yeah, scene because it's so like awkward but also honest like he's trying to be a good dude but he also knows that what he's saying is fundamentally creepy but he's saying it to like make her relax and like be okay with it and at that, at that point in the movie I was like don't trust anything this motherfucker does he's trying to get you in the basement but like I mean he wasn't <laughs> that's the thing that's what's so crazy is that yeah. like we know now yeah he is trying to be nice but like by saying it he makes himself sound more guilty yes like everything he does sets her off and rightfully so she is a hundred percent correct to be afraid of him we know that he turns out to be a good guy but she should not be taking that chance and she doesn't like she is locking her doors like everything i the only thing that really rang maybe not true to me and here's what i kind of reconciled it with in my brain she has already paid money for this airbnb yeah she probably doesn't have money for a hotel that's probably her only option they handle the hotel situation by like there's like a big convention in town and no one has hotel space for right. all of detroit they she only calls one hotel and gives up immediately but yeah <laughs> with that kind of attitude she shouldn't get that job no <laughs> in my mind 
it didn't matter if there were hotels available. She probably had limited funds. I mean, that could be too. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. even if she does get a full refund, which she should, but she may not have the money right now to be able to buy it without that refund. You know what I'm saying? I also, this entire time, before we find out what's actually going on, thought for sure that, again, he was the owner of the house and had, like, faked this whole thing. Yeah, same. But what we will find out is that they actually both had the same reservation. Yeah, <laughs> like, because he showed It her. is a legitimate error. Yeah, he brings yeah. his phone in and, like, the, there is a scam going on, but he's not the one scamming. The person who's, like, he's not the one managing yeah. the, air, the house itself is scamming. Like, right. the person Justin Long calls on the phone when he gets there is scamming. Right. Yeah. So she does have some wine with him after she photographs his driver's license. Smart. Yeah. Super smart. I do love her as a final girl for a lot of reasons. A, because she is smart. She is, she wins by outsmarting people a lot like, you know, the girl in Prey, a lot like yeah. the girl in Fresh. Like she wins by outsmarting people, but she also has a moral imperative to try and save people when she can. She is not an all out for herself final girl. She's going to try and do her best to save the most people. And in the end, it ends up only being her, but it's not her fault, you know? And I thought that was kind of like a lot of times it's kind of a free for all, like just run, run as fast as you can. Yeah. And she never does. She comes back to like fight for people. I know it's crazy when she shouldn't. She shouldn't (laughs) like admittedly run. But yeah, I mean, there's one point where she's like going back in and I'm like, dude, the best thing you can do for that person in the basement is to go get help. And then she does get cops and they don't believe her and do anything. So then I was like, well, fuck, I guess not because they're terrible. I have a great analysis of that whole thing. I'm super excited when we get there. Okay, something very, very similar to that interaction has happened to me in real life. (laughs) We'll get to it okay 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 table it table it i was like i was like oh they're being bad then i was like oh i would have left them there too (laughs) wait here's here's the terrible thing i understand why they make the choice they make but at the same time it's also wrong and it was wrong when it happened to me too (laughs) so like we'll get into it i want to have a whole in-depth discussion when we get there i'm excited to to, to kind of tear it down We'll get there. So they seem to, like, over a couple glasses of wine, kind of have, like, a rapport where they're kind of, it seems like maybe, you know, things might get friendlier. But he says goodnight. She goes to sleep. Yeah. He goes to sleep on the couch. She wakes up to the sound of the door opening. So terrifying. Fucking terrifying. I hated it so much. Dude, this movie not only was scary in the moment, it stuck with me. Oh, nice. Uh, She sits up. And sees that he's still on the couch having a nightmare. So either he's the fastest man in the world. Sorry, clown. He's the fastest clown in the world. (laughs) Or there's somebody else in the house. Definitely somebody else in the house. Because when she touches him, he was like having a night terror asleep. Like that kind of asleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and we see in the background over her shoulder that basement door closing. Yes. Oh. I hated that shot so much. Which I did clock on a first viewing of this scene. So she goes back to bed and locks the door. Yeah. And oversleeps. She gets up the next day and finds a note from him. At this point, I thought for sure whoever closed that other door had snatched him already. Yeah, me too. That was the moment I was like, okay, maybe he isn't a bad guy. Right. Maybe he's also a victim and we're going to find him in the basement later on. Right. Which we do, but it didn't quite happen that way. Right. So she goes to the interview and leaves the key like his note asks. 
And we only get just a brief shot of the interview. It seems to go well, but we don't really, it's not important to the story. So we don't see much of it. But it does seem like she gets the job. I think so. As she's leaving the interview, the documentary filmmaker who she was interviewing with is asking like, well, where are you staying right now? And she says the area of town she's in. And the documentary filmmaker's like, oh, girl, you got to move. You can't, you cannot yeah, stay like, here. No. You got to oh go. Oh, my God. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of my house. Man, Mikey made that joke a few times, but then like when they show you the rest of his street, because Mikey's house is nice, right? And then when they show you the rest of the street and it's all like just dilapidated buildings, I was like, oh my God, this is your house. No, no, no. But like my part <laughs> of town, my neighborhood was really bad like five years ago. Yeah. So when you tell people you live, they're like, oh, really? That was our neighborhood. So I've lived in my neighborhood for almost 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. And for the last like... So like the first five years I lived here, people were like, oh, God, why? Uh, because this used to be a huge gang neighborhood. And the last five years, people have been like, oh, I hear it's nice. Like, what's rent like there? Like the same people. <laughs> like it, They just suddenly are like, oh, I hear that's the cool place with the donut shops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, actually, Mikey, you do have donut shops over there, don't you? No. No, it's Wingstop. That's what it is. Oh, we oh, do. We, my little restaurants that they've built near me are Duncan, Wingstop, Chipotle. The only wing place close to me I've ordered from the past three times has gotten me sick three times. So, like, it's not Wingstop. It's some, like, off-brand wing basket type place. Like, it's a wannabe Wingstop, and it's terrible. I need a Wingstop badly. Yes. Anyway. So her interviewer is like, yeah, don't, what are you, leave? Like, do you need me to help you find a place? Yeah, like, like just, you could, uh, I mean, she doesn't say you can stay with me, but that's sort of the vibe. Like, you cannot stay right. there. You got to do whatever you can to get out of there. That's a bad area. Well, and she responds back. She's like, no, it's okay. And I've got a roommate kind of, it's kind of a weird thing. But the way she talks about him is kind of like a, it's a fun kind of meet cute. Like, you know, we were both in Italy and then we have like the same place with the same <laughs> reservation. But like, we, we back thought about movie, it. I You're back into the other at him. I want to watch that movie. I don't. It's not good. And it's too long. It's like two hours long. They're always two hours. I'm like, who paces these films? I don't know. But that movie could have been 90 minutes and had a couple fuck scenes in it. And it could have vastly improved. <laughs> I've had relationships shorter than those movies. Anyway, she goes back to the house. And as she's getting out of her car, a man runs down the street at her and basically chases her into the house. Yeah, she barely gets the key out of the lockbox in time to open the door and close it before he's there on the stoop yeah the harbinger he is the harbinger yeah it is the harbinger because we we will find out later he does not mean her harm he just knows what's in the basement yeah he's trying to save her life but there's no way she would know that and so she's terrified of him well yeah i, I would be terrified of a man just running up on me on my street yeah of course i think she handles it correctly like i do think he could have been like hey there's a monster in your you can't say that though she would have just thought no, he was crazy. you'll think you're crazy yeah yeah yes. so i mean he did the best he could she just you know didn't believe him and hey if 10 different people ran up to you to say there's a monster in the basement 10 out of 10 times it would be a delusion yeah so right? like i don't blame her for Me reacting yeah. this way <laughs> yeah but she calls the police uh because he's like banging on the door uh and then he does disappear he goes away but the police won't come which has been my experience for something like this as well yeah where like once you're in the house they're just like not our problem sounds <laughs> yeah. like a big 10-4 of not our problem Problem. Call prioritization by dispatch is a very specific science that they use. 
Sure. Where if it's currently happening, it's more of a priority. If they're like, oh, you're in the house and you're safe. Are they bang on the door? Are they trying to break in? No. All right. We'll send somebody out. Well, they'll be out there in a little while. <laughs> so when it happened to me, a guy had followed me home. Oh, no. And I managed to get through the gate before he did and the gate closed. And he was standing outside the apartment building waiting for someone else to come in through the gate. And so I'm like calling the police, like looking down at him I'm like, no, he's trying to get in. Like, and they're just like, well, let us know if he hurts you or anything. And then hung up. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what? I mean, that's pretty much what happened in this movie, too. So, like, I've learned a lot doing these things. Like, if, it, if it's not technically illegal, they can't really do anything. So it's not, like, illegal to follow someone home just one time. It should be, but... What if it's a coincidence? It could be. You're, like, following your neighbor home. You get the cops called yeah, on you. Ex- exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you get calls like that, too. You get, like, you get like super racist calls that we don't ever go on, either. They're like... Oh, for sure. If there's a guy on the porch, and he's a person of color, and he doesn't live there, and they're like, what's he doing? He's standing on the porch. Yeah, no, that's... Thank you, ma'am. No, this guy told me he had followed me like, oh. through the gate. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, no, this person had followed me home. Yeah, and was probably under the influence, I would guess. Under the influence of you, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. No. But yeah, they did not send anyone. And, and I was like, can I make a report? And they were like, no. <laughs> Gotta love the cops, man. Gotta love them. <laughs> Thanks, LAPD. <laughs> Glad I'm alive to talk about uh, it. It's so it's interesting. Yeah. You have to have probable cause to enter a house too. And I really don't think that they had enough probable cause to enter this house. I was like, I, I thought about that in the movie and I was like, fuck, if she could just get inside to get to her stuff or show them the basement, like if she had had the key and could let them in, this whole right. movie changes. Yeah. But she doesn't. And so they can't go in. And, and I'm like, legally i'm kind of on their side but at the same yeah. time you know like that pesky constitution. well yeah but we know what's going on down there and they don't they have no idea yeah they don't know they don't. you never know but they are also dicks so fuck them because i've had situations like this where someone's been like there's people after me or people in the house or things like that right where we've gone out you know and like investigated and it's like, ma'am, I don't see anyone over there. Do you see them currently? And like, I believe yeah. you see them. It's not like we've right. got to do stuff like that. I was surprised they didn't take her somewhere. Well, they didn't want to probably sit in an ER for three days while she waits on a site. Because like the cops yeah. have to sit with her if they take her anywhere. And unfortunately in this country, it's way easier to arrest someone or cut them loose than it is to actually get them proper health care, which is a crime. Should we do a USA chant or is this not like <laughs> no. a time? Okay, okay, no, okay. I, I, thought, I thought the same where I was like, they think she's uh, having an episode of mental illness yeah. and it is too much paperwork for them to do anything about it. It's not paperwork. They would literally have to take her probably to an emergency room. If they don't have like a, a robust crisis system set up, right. they probably have to take her into an emergency room and sit there for the rest of their shift, possibly multiple shifts while she gets her lab work done and assessed and all that Jeez. stuff before they get left back out onto the streets. So they hate that because they leave all the other police because they're understaffed and they leave all the right, other right, right. Like, shooting. They're like, I'm not going to be there for my brother. You know, and you're like, I, I get it. Yeah, the healthcare system is not. The, there's some interesting ways things interact. And so, like, right. incentivizing the system where it's easier to get people help than it is to arrest is, like, basically one of the major goals right now. Right, right, right. Sorry, we're, we've, we've hit on my stuff. No, but, like, I, I had a lot of these <laughs> thoughts during the movie where I was like, you want them to help her so bad because you know she's telling the truth. Right. And but- I've been there when they've, like, busted a door down. Yeah. But that lady posted a like a suicide note in the front door and then another right. time like 
other stuff was telling us that something bad had happened in the house or whatever. But right, like, right, right. She's saying, no, I broke that window. There's the, all these people, killers are in the house. And you're like, I, no one's answering the door, ma'am. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see what happened happened. I was like, Ooh. it's it's tricky because as the audience, we know. So right. we're like, oh, my God, help her. But then if you put yourself in the shoes of anyone encountering her, police or otherwise, mm-hmm. anyone encountering her and confronted with this information, you're just like, yeah, I don't know if I believe her. Because like, which is yeah. hard to grapple with internally, too. So when I do mental health assessments, like you have to like and I've had stuff happen, not to this extreme where like the thing that they were reporting was like real. And so you have to be like, no, this this is really happening or it's not real. But like you have to as a mental health person, you have to like at least let them show you like they're like, oh, there's someone there's someone in the attic. I'm like, OK, like, right. I've never had it where I've gone up in the attic and then someone's been there that would scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah. But like, you know, you have to go up there and at least look for yourself because you can't just yeah. say they're wrong without at least looking for yourself, at least doing some due diligence. Well, and, and I think the movie is very smart about this by losing uh-huh. the key because the key yeah. would make all the difference. Yeah, it would. And the phones and everything. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 was, it was really smart about it. And I feel like it wrote this part like getting help in like a nuanced way because I was like, oh, she made it. She's going to get help. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, she comes home from her interview. I would have made myself get arrested because there's no fucking way I was going back to that. I would have been like, I'm going to bust up your car until you put me in custody. I thought about that, too, actually, where I was like, because I think I probably would have done the same where I would have like punched or kicked somebody like whatever Mm -hmm. to, to get me taken into custody where I would have been safer maybe but are you safer in custody probably not like you know well, at that point they probably been like okay we have to take them for mental health treatment and like, right. I, I don't know i just would not go back i would go anywhere but the house <laughs> i i thought about the one thing I, as i was putting myself in her shoes i thought about like could i ask for a ride to somewhere where i could figure something out like get access to a computer or whatever to try and and kind of figure out something maybe a ride to the rental office like something like that but you know you'd have to know where stuff was off the top of your head i mean the other thing too that i i'm only now just thinking about that we're talking about it she's been gone for two weeks so there's a part of me that's like run my name i'm a missing person yeah she would be a missing person and so would the other guy yeah and that that's the part where it kind of breaks down where she you know like people would have called and like they would have checked the house and saw that her car and her stuff was there and they would have yeah. probably gone. On that. that would be probable cause to go in the house. Yeah. So to me, either for her or for him. That damn Marcus. Some, Marcus would have probably reported her mm-hmm. missing, but they would have probably said to Marcus, well, she doesn't want to talk to you. She doesn't want to talk to you. Yeah. But if her, but if he called her family and they hadn't heard, they could report it missing and then they right. take it seriously. But how soon would they? That's that's the tricky part. You can call a welfare check like, hey, she's staring at this Airbnb. We haven't heard from her in two weeks. She only had a two-day reservation. They would do it immediately when you call. For sure, but you're assuming that Marcus has realized that she's missing and not just avoiding him within two weeks. Yeah, but I'm I'm assuming she has other people in her life. Right, who would have called and been like, yeah. she hasn't texted me back. Yeah, y'all would have reported me missing pretty quick. Eh. Yeah, well, the, the other thing, too, is uh, her social media would have gone dead yeah. yeah although i go weeks without posting on like instagram or whatever like yeah but you're commenting on stuff and other stuff that is true i guess it's more than just like posting but like yeah because i had a, a friend who thankfully now has been in therapy for a long time and is is in a much better place mentally but if i had not seen a post or a comment from them in two to three days i knew something was wrong yeah and that's how i would tell that they were not doing well mentally that's fair yeah 
So she goes into the bathroom of the house because she's trying to get away from like the windows and doors. Yeah. So she goes into the bathroom. It's out of toilet paper because it's a fucking Airbnb and they're always out of toilet paper. Because you've been staying at the Airbnb for seven hours. So you're out of essentials. Yeah. Uh huh. (laughs) Do you want to run out of toilet paper halfway through your vacation? Pick Airbnb. Dude, how many times did I have to drive to the corner store when we were in Kansas City to get toilet paper? Twice. Yeah. Now in that Airbnb's defense, we shit a lot this podcast also brought to you by chipotle (laughs) (laughs) so she goes through the house to find some because usually in an airbnb there's like a stockpile of toilet paper somewhere however in the last like two or three airbnbs that i've been in those stockpiles have been locked like we couldn't get to toilet paper Yeah. yeah when we were in kansas city that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that happened to uh, when I was in Austin as well. Like, again, hotels. Yeah, hotels are way better than Airbnbs. And cheaper at this point, too. Yeah, you know what you do if you need more toilet paper in a hotel? You call that front desk in shame and ask for it, and they bring it to you. <laughs> you be shameful, but I'm like, look, baby, I got monster poops. Or if you pass a maid cart, just, hey, can I take some? I've done that move, yeah. Hey, can I snag some of these toilet papers? I'm going out. Or you go to the lobby bathroom and steal it from the toilet. Well, if I'm staying with somebody, I typically save my poops for the lobby bathroom just so I'm not lighting up that hotel bathroom five feet away from the person I'm staying with. Road trip fun fact, when I'm driving across country, if I have to poop, I stop at fancy hotels and poop in the lobby. You should, because sometimes they have cookies. Yeah, free cookies. Yeah. Yeah. I know that pro tip, Mikey. I am married, so I'll shit five feet away from you. We're bound by law. Deal with it. (laughs) You know what this butt sounds like. Yeah. You know what this big booty do? Drop deuces. Got that booty juice. Oh, Booty juice. Spit that booty chatter. (laughs) This is the grossest I've ever heard Paige be. Next scene. You haven't heard that Bubba Sparks song? Fine. No, I haven't even heard of Bubba Sparks. It's Miss New Booty, his classic. It's not Miss New Booty, it's ugly, but he is the same person that did Miss New Booty, yes. I am a Bubba Sparks fan. What? That's a real person? Honestly, ugly, fuck it slaps. Yeah. You have definitely heard Bubba Sparks. He spits some good rhymes. Oh, you mean Bubba Sparks XXX? Oh, no, that's just part of his name. So it's Bubba Sparks. Oh, wow. It's not terrible. There's one with Timbaland riding on a- a giant like a combine his album from 2005 that's the only good one it's just that one (laughs) fucking slaps yeah it's the soundtrack of that year (laughs) i was at mississippi state so it it hit all the buttons found you this new booty get it together bring Bring it back back to it's on my spotify favorites my sorority sister hillary knew all the words to that song oh man she shouldn't tell anybody that uh, she was very popular for singing it on the dance floor. It was very, very famous. That's wild. I guess I was just into other things at this time. Yeah, this was in your like band phase. Oh, yeah. I was too yeah. busy writing mediocre rock songs to focus <laughs> on rappers from Georgia who were already bald. Like, I, I'm not into it. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, I, I want, I don't know if he had two number ones, like, because this is back in the day of like watching music video countdowns. Sure. And he was always on either Miss New Booty or Ugly was on music video countdowns for like almost that whole year. I guess I was in college a little bit before you, Mikey, because for us, it was Andrew W.K.'s first album. I mean, that was there. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to this movie. Oh, yeah. So she goes to find toilet paper. She finds some in the basement, but she also finds a rope that opens a door in the wall of the basement. No. And her initial reaction is perfect because she just goes and sits down and goes, nope. No, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, 
she's sitting on the stairs and is like debating whether she's going to go in. And I'm like, and it's only because she's locked down there. Yeah, because she the can't door get closes out. behind her. Yeah, she can't get out. And she has the key and she knows that he can't get back in without the key. And she's like, tried the window. but So she's like stuck down there. Yeah. And I think the only reason she chooses to go through that door is thinking that it might be a way out and it might let her out somewhere. Yeah. Like there might be another exit somewhere. Like it might be just like a tunnel to the other house. I don't know. You know, and there's right. a way to get out through the other house or whatever it is. Right. I didn't hate that she wanted to go down there. I hated that when she saw the torture room at the end of that hallway, she was like, oh, I just need to go further into this nightmare tunnel to get out she doesn't go further yet that's true because it's not until she's going after him that's when she goes further because so she angles the mirror so that she reflects the the hanging light down the hallway aziz light what it's a a fifth element move a mirror for light reference oh (laughs) anyway so she goes down the hallway and this is where she finds the door with the horrible blood-stained bed and a camera and a tripod and she immediately runs back she's just like yeah no 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 nope 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 this is bad yeah and as she does she hears keith knocking on the door upstairs so she bangs on the window so he sees that she's in the basement yeah they work together to get that window open she gives him the key and there was a split second where i thought he was gonna be like thanks and then just take the key and leave. Yeah. And was still going to be the evil guy and leave her in the basement. Yeah. But no. Uh, so he, she, he unlocks, he unlocks it. She runs upstairs and she's like, I'm out. I'm packing. I'm fucking gone. Yeah. And she's like throwing shit in her bag. Like she is ready to go. As I would have. Yeah. Bad stuff happened in that room. Yeah. Like it, well, it, there was like oof. bloody prints and all. I mean, there was enough evidence to be like, we need to call the police. Yeah. It was like yeah. a snuff film room. Like it is a, right. a room you don't want to have anything to do with. Right. 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 And he is like, hey, I believe you. I just haven't seen it. So like I need to go check it out. And it's like, no, dude, just leave like. So this is an idiot. Yeah. Because yes. even if he did go in and check it out, I'd be like, I'll go check it out and come back up. Yeah. I want to just peek in. So I know what to tell police. And then, but he goes further because he's a dumbass. Man, I wouldn't even do that if you came out to If anybody came out to me and said, we got to leave this house. There's like a snuff film room with a mattress covered in blood. We got to go. I'd be like, yes, we have to go immediately. Pack your shit. Yeah, I'll start the car. Yeah. yeah. yeah you have two possibilities that it's down there. Or your friend is not doing well. We gotta go. Yeah, we're gonna leave. So he goes down there and he asks her to watch the door so he doesn't get trapped, which I hate it. I was like, girl, run. No. Uh, but so she doesn't, he goes down there. She doesn't see him come back. And at this point, I thought he was trying to lure her down there. I did too. To trap her. Yeah. I thought for sure that, that he was playing the long game. But so she goes and checks and he seems to be nowhere, but she hears him yelling for help. And this is where she finds the door to the extra tunnel. So she goes down with her phone light and finds him down at the bottom. And he's like freaking out. He's like, something bit me. We have to go this way. And she's like, no, the way out is this way. And he's like, no, 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 this way, this way. And I'm like, he's playing the victim to try and trap her. But then as I'm thinking it, a naked woman comes out of the darkness and smashes his head against a wall Killing him instantly. Yeah, like he is dead. Yeah. This part scared me so bad. I like jerked back in my chair and I said, oh, Mac. Oh, yeah. I screamed. I I was was so scared. Yeah. Yes. I think Mikey even said, oh, that was scary. Yeah. yeah, I like a woman who can work ahead. (laughs) 
She really got his rocks off. Yeah. yeah. She busted his head. Against the walls. Yeah, he blew his head all over that uh, that wall. Yeah. 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 That's why you wear protection. <laughs> yeah, like a helmet. <laughs> so we smash cut to Justin Long driving through Malibu. It feels like a completely different movie. I was like, what are we yes. watching? Like, that is an insane smash cut. Yes, and in in reading what the director has to say about it, it makes even more sense. Like I think the movie brings it around, and oh, yeah, so totally we understand. Yeah, but there is a method to his madness here too that we'll talk about in fun facts. Cool. So Justin Long answers the phone, uh, and we find out that he's being taken off a pilot because his I assume co-star yeah. uh, has basically a- accused him of raping her. Yeah. And he's like, what? No, I, of course I didn't. And they're like, but also there's an article coming out tomorrow. that's going to say the same yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So he goes to his accountant and is like, okay, so for the, the you know, lawsuit and then the criminal case is going to cost me like this much to fight it. Yeah, it was 70000 for both suits. Like to fight the legal case, it was 70000 And then to fight the civil right. case, it'll be around 70000 And he was like, how much money do I have after that? And the guy's like, it's not good, bro. You needed that yeah, pilot. Yeah, I know. You're broke, but also you're going to need to get yourself a new accountant, yes, my dude. Because I'm giving you your files back on Friday. Because I'm holding you accountable (laughs) (laughs) just like i held todd accountable for bringing in a plastic baggie full of reese's pieces like a grandmother because i said todd this is a hundred percent true i see your face you would just buy a box of reese's pieces and sneak them into the movie not have a ziploc bag of loose reese's pieces you gotta bring in the loosies baby they taste better (laughs) i don't know about the taste aspect but i do know that like a box of candy at the movie theater costs conservatively like 83 dollars so i get that okay so they don't carry reese's pieces at the theater and Uh. i have like a big ass bag of reese's at my house like Because it's my favorite candy. I don't want to bring the whole like 10 gallon bag of Reese's pieces. Mm -hmm. So I just bring like a plastic bag full of. But when we got our popcorn sat down and I was like doing my combo of like popcorn and Reese's pieces, which is great. You guys should try it. Mikey was like, that's delicious. I have tried it. What the hell are you doing right now? Because I like got out my bag and was like, like open the bag and like grab something. He's like, after he's checking his phone so much, I was like, (laughs) this is the worst. See, this is the benefit of having uh, big boobs and purses uh, is you can hide a lot of candy going into a movie theater. Oh, I bet you could. Pro tip, get Sour Patch like watermelons and Swedish fish, put them in the same bag, Mm. shake it up. And then you've got sour Swedish fish, my friend. I do love me some Swedish fish. I'll be honest with you. I was going to say, Paige, though, after Sour Patch Kids go into your boobs, they come out Sour Patch Men. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, at this point, he has flatly denied that anything happened with him and this girl. He's saying that she's making it all up. And I, I think depending on who you are in the theater, you may believe him or not. I did not believe him. I was like, I bet he did it. I mean, I still think he comes off as like a skeezy dude. So like, I mean, I sort of got the impression that he 100% did something inappropriate. I don't know if it was like a full-blown sexual assault, but it felt like it was. It From what he says later on, I'm like 100% sure. Oh, from what he tells his friend, I was, he admits to it more or less yeah. when he's talking to yep. his friend. Like he straight up is like, well, I mean, she was saying no but like you know you can't go by that i was like no you you have to go yeah, by no, that you have to that's how that works once she says no you stop asking and leave her the fuck alone like what are you doing yeah. so yeah i mean yep. we do find out that he 100 
is just getting in trouble for shit he actually did. He fully did. Yeah. We don't know that just yet, but when he's talking to his accountant, right. he seems like a bad dude. Because the whole time he's talking to his accountant, he's like, this bitch, I hate her. I can't believe she's yeah. ruining me like this. Like, he is handling it in a way that you're like, oh, he totally did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he decides that he's going to liquidate his Detroit properties, which we will find out is the house we saw earlier. At least one of them is the house we saw earlier. Yeah. Right. So he goes to Detroit. Yeah. The article is out. He gets keys from the rental office, which we will find to be as inept as originally assumed. Yeah. The rental office lady's the worst. I love when he gets to his rental car in Detroit and he calls his lawyer or whatever. And he's like, I just uh, had to go to Detroit to like handle some stuff. And his lawyer's like, well, that's going to look terrible to the prosecutor's office. Yeah. You shouldn't leave the state. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're fleeing to like skip out on being charged. Right. Which, I mean, he does have what he thinks is a good excuse. He's like, no, I was, I have to sell my properties right. so I can pay you to defend me. But he's like, all right, well, just get back here as soon as you can. Right. So cut to he arrives at the house and he's like, uh, somebody else is here. He calls the rental office and they're like, well, we didn't rent it to anybody. So we don't know. Like, yeah, no one's been there for two weeks, they say. And like, right. I don't know who Tessa and Keith called the night before or two nights ago or however long ago it was that they were there. Maybe it was two weeks two ago weeks. at this point. Yeah, it was shit. two weeks. Yeah. So like that makes sense, I guess. But Jesus. Yeah. Well, and now this is a thing that I actually knew about Airbnb. And so. I realized once I he got there and their stuff was still there, I realized that that's what had happened. And then when they called and confirmed it, I was like, this person knows about Airbnb, whoever wrote this. So with Airbnb, <laughs> if you let a, a management company handle your Airbnb, like if you're not personally handling it yeah. on, on hand, they will send out cleaners before a rental, but they don't necessarily send cleaners after a rental no one is really verifying who's been there or not now if you have a good management company they will but a lot of them don't and so there are people online who like if you look at like reddit and a bunch of stuff where they have an airbnb that gets thrashed and they don't even know about it yeah until another person rents it so it's like a whole thing but it's like a loophole in the system kind of so anyway so he gets there he calls his mom and dad who we We'll find out live in Detroit. Detroit's his hometown. Yeah, and he lies to them about where he is. Yes, he yeah. doesn't tell them he, that he's home and instead calls a friend to go out for drinks. And then we watch him admit to his friend that he raped that girl 100%, basically. Yeah. So we cut to the next day he wakes up hungover and he starts going through everyone's stuff. But my absolute favorite is he goes through Keith's bag and finds a copy of Jane Eyre. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty on the nose. I thought it was hilarious. In a hilarious way. Oh, yeah, yeah. because Jane Eyre is about a man who keeps his wife in the attic. It's just, yes. which is one of Mikey's favorite books. When I saw Jane Eyre, I looked over at Mikey and I could see his yeah. face just stewing about how much he hates that book. I had flashbacks. This is just the opposite of Jane Eyre, right? Like, it's someone who keeps women in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's an appropriate Easter egg for the movie. Yeah. It did make me wonder if her name was Tess because of Tess of the Durbervilles. I don't know that that's the case though they might have just picked the name i didn't find any fun facts about it uh but he looks at tess's computer and he like 
slams it shut when he can't get the password to open and tosses it. And it's like a perfect throw that it lands yes. just like flat. Page, 100%. I literally in the theater like looked at Mikey and was like, that's a great throw. Jake yes. and I did the same. <laughs> but Mikey looked at me and was like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to Mikey is like sitting next to like the movie police. Jake and I turned to each other and we're like, that was an amazing shot. And he was like, yeah, it was a great throw. <laughs> well, you weren't holding a plastic baggie of Reese's Pieces with your phone shining in my face. <laughs> no, I was eating pretzel bites with beer cheese. God, that sounds amazing too. So he goes to check out the basement because the door was open and he takes a knife and a flashlight and he finds the camera room and we smash cut to his reaction, which is him Googling. (laughs) And I thought for sure it was going to be like Googling articles for like crimes about that address or something. No, he's Googling to find out if subterranean rooms can be included in your square footage when selling a house. Yeah, that's the kind of guy we're dealing with. Now, granted, that was kind of my first thought when... (laughs) We were I turned to Todd and I was like, I think that adds square footage. I don't think that that should be your first like thought when you see a snuff room. No. But he's like, jackpot. It's, it's a snuff like, room I'm, now, but with a tad makeover, <laughs> it could be anything. He's like, attached studio. Right. But he immediately, and I think this is the movie, like, the movie gradually ratchets up his evil. And I think it's like, once we hear him directly say, like, yeah, I mean, I basically raped that girl. Uh, at that point, he is cartoonishly evil. Yes. It, whereas he just gets weirder. Yeah. And I love it. Because the next shot we see is him, like, measuring that room and measuring the hallway. And he's measuring around a bloody bed and a camera. Like, it's so callous. It is sociopathic. Yeah. And as he's doing it, he finds those additional stairs. And there's a pause where you're like, is he going to tempt fate? And, of course, he immediately is like, oh, hell yeah, and starts measuring the stairs. He's so happy he found the creepier staircase. That was bonkers to me. Well, and it's just all square. And so he's like measuring his way through the halls. It is a lot of square footage. Like you could sell that house to a prepper for a lot of money. Honestly, though. Oh, yeah, you definitely could. You're right. Yeah, I would like, I mean, not the snuff room like that. That would give me some pause because I'd be like horrible things have been done. Well, I mean, you clean up the snuff room. It's just like a room off the stairs once it's clean. Right. And a cleaned up version where it's like there's a room off the stairs and a bunch of tunnels with extra rooms. I'd be like, excellent. Like, perfect. I want to see a realtor try and spin what it was once clearly a snuff room and, like, prison for women into, like, amenities on this house in Detroit. Uh, First off, you have a video production room, plus a dog kennel, (laughs) plus a storage room, plus a root cellar. Yeah, a fallout shelter with bunk beds. Yes. Yeah. All right. You know what? Sold. I'll take it. When Skynet goes active, you're going to want those bunk beds. Yeah. Anyway, as he's walking through the tunnel, the measuring tape is yanked out of his hands. Oh, man. (laughs) Dude, all of the tunnel work in this movie terrified me. I hated it so much. So coming down the tunnel at him is the lady. Yeah. And we've already seen her the first time, so we know who it is. I just looked on IMDb, and they call her the mother in the credits. The mother. That makes sense. Yeah, so we should refer to her as the mother. The mother. So the mother is running. He runs and trips, and she takes the opportunity to basically trap him in a cage within the tunnel. Yeah. It's like a sunken cage with like a a grate over the top. Yeah. And he turns on his flashlight only to find out that Tess is also there and still alive. Yeah, but like, 
it's clear she's been there for like two weeks, right? She looks dirty yes. and gaunt. Yeah. She clearly has not been eating and drinking enough. And like, you know, she looks pretty bad. Right. Uh, and she says, stay calm. She just wants you to be her baby. Like, if you don't freak out, she won't freak out. Just stay calm. Yeah. And the mother comes and offers them a, a bottle, which I assume is full of breast milk. I assume so, too. But then where is she getting the breast milk? Is it from her? Pumping. She's probably pumping. Yeah. Okay, wow. All right. There's so much to hate about like this that. movie. Yeah, I don't. Man. Yeah. Would you guys taste breast milk? It's sweet. I never have, but I would. Same, bro. Yeah. Anyway, so he won't drink from that bottle. So she takes him out and drags him into the nursing room, Oh. which we have not yet seen. This is kind of our first. <laughs> you all right there, Paige? It's fine. That's funny. So the nursing room, it's the first time we've seen it. It's a bunch of like bunk beds, blankets on the floor, and one TV that's basically a breastfeeding instructional video. <laughs> Sounds like my college dorm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime breast. <laughs> I do think it's been playing pretty much on a loop for however long yeah. she's been there. Look, I've had a videotape like that that played on loop and had a boob on it. <laughs> Just it, one boob? It, Bikini <laughs> Rangers 15. <laughs> it was Starship Trooper. <laughs> then Mikey, I also had that tape. That was a Desert <laughs> Island movie and possibly still is for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Just Neil Patrick Harris touching Mikey while he's watching it being like, he's horny. <laughs> That's such a specific Starship Trooper show. But you got it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so with him in the creepy nursing room Tess takes the chance to leave Oh man so smart I would have gotten the fuck out of Dodge immediately too Like hell yeah Yeah and they, they hear her but she takes off running And she runs and uses the knife to break the basement window Yeah and gets out. Meanwhile, back inside, the mother has given up the chase and is attempting to breastfeed Justin Long. Can I talk about that chase really quick? Because it, it is really quick. But when she breaks yes. the window out and is like climbing out and then that guy from the water tower who like uh, uh, when we last saw yes. him, we thought he was a bad guy because he was like chasing her to the door. It's that same guy and he pulls her out. And then you see her at the window like trying to grab yeah. her and then her... They, they keep the camera there as she realizes she's not going to get her. So the mother turns around and walks back towards where Justin Long is. That shot was so creepy to me. I can't explain yeah. exactly why it was, but that shot has stuck with me for days after watching it in the theater. It's, it's very creepy. So and creepy, and the man. man that she runs into, the man from the water tower, he she's like, oh my God, she's down there. And he's like, I know she's down there. Yeah. There's worse stuff down there. And she comes out after dark. You should not be here after dark, is what he says. Yeah, you to gotta her. go. Yeah. You need to leave. So we cut back to him attempt her attempting to breastfeed Justin Long, and he's not into it. No. Now, this was the thing that I was trying memory-wise to remember where the flashback comes in it's around this part page it's around yeah. this part i think so we get a flashback to what looks 
kind of similar to like Edward Scissorhands a little bit where this is really this well the same neighborhood is like an ideal tract home neighborhood now as opposed to the decrepit neighborhood we've seen before oh yeah because the automobile industry has not failed yet so like people still right. had jobs in Detroit although it seems like it's coming up to that time because right when you see him talking to his neighbor his neighbor's like hey man we're moving yeah Kurt Brownler yeah, yeah, Kurt yeah, yeah, Brownler's yeah. in this movie yeah so, but essentially we follow the, his name is Frank. It is. Within uh, the movie. We follow Frank as he's like buying supplies and scoping out new victims. Yeah. He poses as a like Department of Water and Power to get into somebody's house and then unlocks one of their bathroom windows so he could get back in. Well, that's his presumed victim, right? That's the woman he saw at the, the store and then yes. followed her home. Yeah, it's correct. Hated it. Oh, man. I, this part was like nothing like really happens in the flashback. Like we don't see any of the violence and stuff in the flashback, which I sort of liked, but it's all heavily implied. It is heavily implied. You know what happens, and it's not his story, so we don't get it, and I'm fine with that, but it does very much set up where we are now, who the mother is, you know, like all of that stuff, yeah. Well, and it very much mirrors the Leonard Lake and Charles Ng case, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit in Fun Facts, but essentially one of multiple cases where men have deliberately kept women and in some cases their children or offspring imprisoned in basements yeah sort of like that brie larson movie the room room with egg snake not the room yeah the room is room. The, is the <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that movie is like it's a great movie and she's amazing in it but it's so hard to watch it's such a rough watch man yeah so we cut back to present day she walks to a local factory and calls the police Tess does by the way yeah and they show up and then they're like, what happened now? <laughs> like they instantly don't believe her, which admittedly her story sounds crazy. Like, I get it. I get it. Uh, but then they do take her to the house and they can't go inside because she doesn't have the key and they don't have a warrant. Right. And them's kind of the breaks. So she didn't have an ID on her, but they would have gotten her right. social and stuff from them. Right. And she they would have ran her name. And she I don't know if it would have if she was missing from home, it would have popped up on like the missing person's database. Right. And that been a red flag. But I think only if she had like I am a missing person. No, 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 no. If you get flagged as a missing person, you're in the database. If they run you and you're in there, you're it's a pause on that situation while they reevaluate what to do. Oh. Because okay. you can be a missing person with like mental health issues or a missing person who's suicidal or a regular missing person. And I guess it all depends on if she's been reported missing yet. Yes. Okay. Which judging by their response, I would say probably not because they would have collected her name. Yeah. They could just be very bad. I mean, they don't, I don't think they ask for her name. She doesn't even have her ID on her because it's inside the house. Right. So like they don't do any of their job in this moment. Well, I think we, we don't see them do it for sure. It's not on the screen. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. But they see a woman in distress and they're like, oh, she's crazy. Let's just get rid of her as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's why crisis programs are important. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and listen, I understand that they have policies and procedures to follow, but like she clearly needed help and they did nothing to help her. So. And drove off and left her back in the neighborhood she just escaped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like didn't even leave her at the station. <laughs> no. They weren't even like, hey, how about we give you a ride out of this area or whatever, you know, like you can come back tomorrow during the day to get your car or whatever, you know, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. do nothing to help her at all. They're just like, wow, you're 
terrible and loud. So I'm just going to leave. Is that cool? Uh, I do love that he's like, what do you want us to do? And she's like, help me. And he goes, well, I mean, the only thing you've admitted to was property damage by breaking the window. So like, I can't right, do right. anything that's going to be good for you. <laughs> like, do you want me to right. arrest you? And I would have been like, yeah, arrest me. Get me the fuck away from this house. Well, and uh, yeah. if they had arrested her, they would have had to have put her name in. Yeah. And she would have come up missing if she was reported missing. Yeah. Or she could have climbed through the window and it would have been breaking and entering and they would have to go in and get it. That's true. I didn't even think about that. That would have been sort of great, too. Like, she, like, leads them down there. And, of course, she's not (laughs) going to because she's, like, scared of the lady. Like, I understand why she doesn't, but that, ah, that's true. You could have done that. But she is actively trying to save Justin Long here because she doesn't know he's a terrible, terrible person. He's just a guy that fell victim to the same trap she did. So she's focused on that, and the cops are focused on like, "Ooh, a lady in trouble. I want to get away from this." So they leave. Maybe like your forty chess play is to get on your own car and start beating the shit out of it because it's your car. Because it's your car, and then they'd have to detain you and run the car, and then they'd find out who you were and be like, "Call the management company of this property." Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is the 4D chess. Really force a confrontation. Yeah. But she's very much in the moment, like trying to save Justin Long and herself. So she's not really thinking about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and she has not had food or water or anything for two weeks. She's only had breast milk, which that's probably what kept her alive. But like I would assume so, yeah. I'm assume I'm assuming she hasn't slept well or at all, you know, like Fuck. Yeah, the, the, she's in no condition to try and save herself. She's running on breast milk. Yeah, she's like running on breast milk. <laughs> I don't blame her for not thinking of all of our Monday morning quarterback ideas of Absolutely. how to escape this situation. So yeah, I would have been probably detained and committed because I'd be like, I've been eating breast milk for two weeks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I once I saw they were going to drive away, I would have started kicking their car, my car, anything. But I have a societal privilege that makes me think I won't be killed in that altercation, and not everyone has that. You mean in an altercation with the police, not with the mother. Exactly. That's what I mean. Absolutely. And that is also a concern. Yeah, because she is not white. So, like, in in her position, it is a more dangerous proposition to deal with the police potentially and to get arrested it may be more dangerous that's true like if she got on top of that car even if it is her car they wouldn't know that so how would they respond to it probably not great yeah so no you're right you're absolutely right Paige. anyway so now she's going to take it into her own hands so she waits for them to drive away and then immediately breaks into the house i was like yes Let's do it. But yes, let's do it just to get your shit and your keys and then leave. Like, don't go back down to the basement. What are you doing? Well, and I thought at first that that's what was going to happen. That's what I wanted. I turned to Todd and I said, I would have left you down there and I expect you to have left me down. A hundred percent. Well, and listen, I love you, Mikey, but I would have left you because if I go back down there, we're both going to die. Yeah. If I go and get us help, there's a chance you'll survive. I'll survive. There's a chance at least one of us will survive a hundred percent. Exactly. And there's still a chance maybe both of us will survive. Exactly. Right, because if you've got the car, then you've got your car keys, your phone, your ID, like, or as many of those things as you could potentially have. Then when you would basically essentially go back and be like, hey, you left me in this 
fucking neighborhood. Here's who I am. Like, yeah, you know, and then she could maybe make some money on a lawsuit later. She probably still could. I was about to say, I think she probably can sue so. many people by the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I ran into Mikey on a blind date once and we had this same conversation. He was like, you have to go get help. Do not come back for me. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, back in the tunnel, Justin Long escapes and takes off running. Yeah. And he follows the trail of a bell system along the ceiling of the tunnel. Yeah, it's just like a rope at first. He like sees yeah. the, the bell and then a rope and he follows that rope. To what is a very creepy room. Well, and he realizes that she won't follow after a certain point, which should have been your indication that there's something even worse. That was creepy when she like comes into view and then backs and out. And then she's oh, like, yeah. no. I hated it. Because if the mother is too scared to go into that room, like what's in that room? What's in that room? Yeah. And he goes inside and it is the serial killer, Frank. And he, here's the thing. I've consumed too much true crime media. Yeah, same. To not walk into this room and be like, oh, this is a Leonard Lake and Charles Ng situation. And I need to get the fuck out and take my chances with breast milk over there. Like, yeah, this. Oh, no. At least she's trying to keep my mouth full. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so he helps him get some water. But Frank is rummaging around for something else in the drawer. Uh, we cut to Tess, who breaks in with a brick through the window. She grabs her keys and sees that it's getting dark. Cut back to Justin Long, who finds a bunch of videotapes and puts one in. No. Which I'm like, dude, the titles alone of those tapes should tell you what they are. Yeah, because it's like some of them are just straight up girls' names, but some of them are like redhead gas station attendant. Yeah. Or, you know, like titles and not names. Puker is one of them. Oh. Screamer. Yeah. Yeah. It clearly is the tapes that were in the snuff film VCR or video camera. Absolutely. And so he watches a tape and then stops it because he sees what it is and is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, he turns around and says that to the, the old man. Yeah, which is ironic. Well, since he wrote that shit. The whole reason yeah. that mm -hmm. this is like, there is a reason that there is a method to the madness. Yeah, no, absolutely, Paige. I picked up on that too. Yeah, it was not lost on me that he was forced into a physical interaction with someone that he did not consent to as well uh, with the mother and the breastfeeding. Yeah. Which an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. I'm not advocating for anyone to be coerced into any physical situations like that. But I think the movie does it to kind of give him a sense of like, see how you like it, basically. Paige, I 100% thought that that is what the, yeah. like, that was what he was supposed to learn in that basement. And then when he gets out of the basement and has that moment where he's like, shit, maybe I am a bad person. I was like, yeah. okay. So he learned a, I would say, easier lesson than like his victims learned, right? About right. him. But he learned enough and he's going to change his ways or whatever. I honestly thought at that moment we were going to get like an end of the movie where he is like making amends, pleading guilty, going to jail, like that whole thing. And, but he immediately stays bad. I was like, this is insane. See, I got mad when he, he, he was like, maybe I'm a bad person. I was like, no, we cannot give him like... No, he doesn't get a do-over in this movie. And then when he just makes the terrible choice to be evil, I was like, there it is. Like, yeah. exactly. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zebras don't change their spots or whatever the quote is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Zebras are just horses, man. That's true. Zebras are horses. But did you know that their stripes go all the way to the skin? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the serial killer, Frank, points the gun at him 
and then raises it to his own head and completes suicide. Yeah. Before Justin Long can do and he's like, wait, no, oh no. Like, just like, it is too late. I did think it was funny that like, initially when he gets there in that room, he thinks Frank is another victim. Yes. So he's like, hey, don't worry, man, I'm gonna get both of us out of here. Well, at least me. And then he's like <laughs> talking to Frank and like Frank is like, hey, I don't think Frank can talk or he's not at least talking, but he's pointing at like the end table, right? Uh-huh. And Justin Long moves the whole end table over so he can like access it. And then he pulls the gun out of it. And I was like, oh, fuck, you just gave him that gun. Also, I mean, <laughs> it is part of a larger narrative in Justin Long's portion of the movie that he sees, he finds a woman down there and is instantly, she's wrong, she's terrible she's scary yeah but then encounters a man down there with tons of red flags and it takes him a minute to not immediately trust him because he's like cool we're in it together bro yeah and and it's like that guy is the most dangerous thing down there and and you gave him the benefit of the doubt he was at one point i don't know if he was the most dangerous Right now. He right might now, not be yeah. now because he's old and I think a little feeble at this point. But like even the right. mother won't go in that room. So like right. he's an evil man. Yeah. And he knows that the mother won't go in there. So like yeah. he has all of the information he needs to know how evil this guy is and is still just like, oh, thank God, a dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't like turn to Frank and be like, <laughs> Bitches, am I right? Bitches, right? (laughs) No, I obviously, I would have assumed since he had stuff around him, like people were taking care of him, that this was some sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre situation. And I'd have been like, oh, I got to get a weapon in here. Yeah. Well, now he has the gun because Frank offed himself with it. He has the gun. So he takes the gun and leaves. I did think it was great that he wrote on Frank's body, now I have a pistol, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Anyway, so Tessa gets into her car. She's got all her stuff, and I thought for sure she was going to leave and go for help. Me too. Nope. She waits until sundown for the mother to come out of the tunnel and then crashes into the house with her car, trapping her between the house, thinking that she has potentially killed her. At this point, or at least incapacitated her. Yeah, but I mean, if you run over someone into a house, like literally, like signs them into the house. You know what I'm saying by signs? Right, like right, run right. them into the house. Their body is in between the house and your bumper. Like I would assume that they are dead or on their way to dead. I'm alive. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks for the update, Mikey. <laughs> You're welcome. Back to you, Paige. <laughs> Great. Anyway, so she runs into her with a car. And then takes off back into the house and back into the tunnel to try and go after Justin Long. Justin Long has his phone and a flashlight and the gun. Yeah. And she sees kind of the glow of his flashlight up ahead. And then he shoots her. Yeah. And she obviously is not the lady. Like, he immediately is like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Like, because... I think he was just nervous and like scared. I mean, I yeah. That, if that was me in the basement, I've never done what Justin Long did in this movie. But like, I think I might be so scared I would just fire off a shot and not hit anything. You know, like just oh, I would have shot her. Yeah, I mean, like, like you can't see anything, and then you shoot people. I don't know. Anyway, he he shoots her and then he helps carry her outside. Yes. But as they get outside, they realize that the woman is gone or the mother is gone off the hood of the car. So Tess at this point is like, I think I know a place where we can be safe because the man from the water tower earlier told her where to go. Yeah, his name's Andre, but it's the guy who chased her to the door. The good guy who saved her like, and pulled her out yeah. of the window. Yeah. So she takes him to the water tower where Andre lives. 
Yeah. And Andre, in the shortest exposition dump ever, it's kind of masterful how short it is. I love it so much, Paige. It's so good. But Andre basically is like, hey, she was born in that house. She's been there for 40 years. And her father used to bring women down there. So he basically implies that there has been a chain of incest, that she's a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And he says that she's never come here to the water tower. And literally, no sooner does he's like, well, she's never come in here, that she just bursts through the wall Kool-Aid man style and rips his arm (laughs) off. He literally says, I've been living here 15 years and she's never come to the water tower. Boom, she's there ripping his arm off and beating him to death with his own arm, which I think is a level of petty I could never reach. Now, I do think her design is like every video game's like hag design, like witch or hag design. Yeah. Which I thought was a little unexpired because it's like, oh, I've seen that person in like Left 4 Dead and all of these other video games that yeah. I have played. I mean, it's still scary. I was still scared. Yes. Yeah. But they run up the stairs to the top of this little like silo. It's kind of like a silo. It's the water tower. They run the water up the tower water page. tower page. A water tower would be on stilts. There are different kinds of water towers. This one, okay. I think, was just like a straight up and down water tower. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's what they say in the movie. I I don't know. More of a water silo. <laughs> yeah, whatevs. They run to the top of it, and he fumbles the gun off the side of it. So now they're stuck up there with no weapons. That made me so mad. But it was a cool shot, though, because he drops it. You see it hit the stair, and then you see the mother's feet running up the stairs as it hits the stairs. I was like, yes. that is a cool shot. That's great timing right there. Absolutely. Uh, so now they, they have no weapons and he turns to Tessa, who, again, is still shot in the abdomen. Yeah. And he just says, I can escape, but you'll have to slow her down. And at that point, you're like, oh, he's full evil at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And this is like 30 seconds after he's like, maybe I'm a bad person. Like he's having that yeah. moment and then they run up the water tower and then he does what he's about to do. And you're like, yep. holy shit, you are just a terrible person. I wish someone would stick their thumbs in your eye sockets and rip your head in half. I mean, that's, hey, coincidence. <laughs> she doesn't give head, Todd. She, she takes, takes it. it. <laughs> uh, so he throws Tessa off the tower and the mother jumps off the tower after her and saves Tessa's life like and saves well, her life she yeah. also led Tessa's life to being in danger so she's not like For super sure. innocent oh yeah. yeah 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 but in this moment when they're all on top of the water tower I don't think Tessa's necessarily in as much danger as Justin Long is and yeah, that's why he throws her off and because the mother is motherly and wants to protect Tessa yeah and I mean yeah she wants all of them back at the house so she can role play this mother thing that she's doing because that's all she knows but because yeah, she is led a horrible existence up to this point yeah because monsters create monsters right so like she is just trying i think in this moment trying to save tessa's life i think so too yeah i i would agree with you they both hit the ground and the mother ends up under tessa so it does save tessa yeah it had to have grabbed tessa and then rolled yes so it landed on its back or the mother landed on its back i do love how it cuts the justin long like holy shit i can't believe i'm still alive like he's yeah. so impressed with himself oh. uh he's such a bad dude in this movie and i oh it's so wild he he goes down and picks up a gun yeah the gun he dropped the Idiot. gun he dropped but 
we reveal that Tess is alive still. And he's like, oh, oh, you slipped and fell. Like he instantly lies to her. Yes. As if she wasn't there when he was like, I'm going to throw you off this thing. But it was very much like maybe she lost some of her memory and I can implant one that doesn't get me thrown in jail. Right. So he tries to kind of help Tess up. But as he does, the mother is also alive. God, that scared the hell out of me. And she is immediately up reaching up and sticking her fingers through his eyes and into his brain. Oh, it's so gross, man. She then rips his head in half. Oh, like a dumpling. It's yes. like, I, I rip my crab rangoon in half and then dip the two sides in the, the red sauce. That's a pro yeah, move, yeah. Kind of, it's kind of like that, but the red sauce was the brain. Yeah, so the mother then turns to Tess and tries to pick her up to carry her into the house. And Tess is, even in this moment, pretty gentle with her about it, where she's just like, no, I can't, like, I'm hurt. Yeah. I can't. But realizes that the mother does not understand. Right. And that she needs to get away from her, unfortunately, or else her life is in danger. And so she reaches for the gun and points it directly at the mother's head and fires. Cut to the end credits. Yeah. But we do get flashes of Tess getting up and walking away, the lone survivor of the film. Oh, and that's the movie. So one thing I want to point out before we get into like final thoughts is when she holds the gun in the mother's face... The mother does not react as if it's a weapon, as if it does not know what a gun is and what a gun can do. It doesn't. Which, to me, was awesome. Because unless Frank is his name, unless her dad, her abuser, I should say. I I believe it's her grandfather. Yeah. Actually. You've Mm -hmm. obviously never held a weapon in front of a child's face before. No, I haven't. But that's the way she reacts to it, right? Because she has Mm -hmm. no knowledge of what that thing can do. Wait, Mikey, have you held a weapon in front of a kid's face? Hey, hold what? on. Come I mean, on. <laughs> come right for me. <laughs> I mean, I have been like cooking or whatever and chopping an onion or whatever. And like my dogs are like playing and they're like playing way too close to the knife. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't know what a knife can do. You know what I'm saying? So it's that right. similar type of thing. Like they don't give it the proper, maybe respect isn't the right word, but like, you know what I'm saying. Caution. Yeah, caution. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's My cat doesn't know that the stove gets hot. Right. You know, like that's what it is. And yeah, she doesn't know what what a gun is. All she knows is that video and the horrifying experiences that she's been exposed to. Yeah. And so, yeah, she doesn't react to the gun. And to be honest, I mean, like, God, she she is a sad figure in this movie. Like, I, I feel empathy and pity for her. I feel bad for her. Yeah. But you also know that there's no coming back from that. There's no coming back from that. Like, and she has murdered multiple people. Like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, luckily, this does not happen like this. I hope to God in a, in a lot of ways. It has. There are cases, unfortunately, like a feral, like feral children, uh, feral children and also children that have been placed in basement environments like that. I mean, they don't have superpowers and rip heads in half. Mm hmm. But but there are feral children from... I'm not saying we should shoot them all. That's not what I'm saying. That's no, I'm no, saying. no. I'm just saying it's very hard to improve their situations. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times if, if they are not introduced to speech in a, a certain time frame, they will grow up to be nonverbal depending on the type of abuse they experience as a feral child. But... Oh, man. That's so sad. It's super sad. But yeah, I mean, like, I was very scared of the mother, but I felt very bad for her, too. Like, yes, 100%. She is a victim who is now victimizing other people, but she is a victim herself, too. 
Yeah, but also without an understanding of truly what she's doing. I like I I would say like if this went to trial, she'd never be convicted. No, she's not competent to be exactly. She's not competent to stand trial. Yeah, I mean she yeah, would yeah. be in a. She's intellectually disabled plus other. Hundred I mean, percent. Probably a myriad of other conditions. The best case scenario here is that you probably are going to get put in a hospital in an institution for a uh, very long, yeah. very long time. But anyway, so having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what'd you guys think about Barbarian? I really liked it. I really liked it. I can see that it's a, a good, good, good movie. I hated it and will never watch it again. Like, this scared me a lot. Mikey was there. He saw me squirm a lot. I hated it. It sets the bar high for spooky season. So, like, there, it's a possibility that no other scary movies that come out this fall are as scary as this. Hopefully it's a tight race, but, you know. This is the first, I think, super scary movie I've seen in the theater in years. Like, we saw Nope in the theaters. Nope was not this scary. But Paige, do you have any fun facts about Barbarian for us? I do have a lot of fun facts, so buckle up. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Barbarian fun fun facts. facts. So, this movie was originally scheduled to be released in the U.S. on August 31st. However, it aired at Comic-Con. It was like a a little, like, premiere release uh, backed by Cinema Blend and AMC Theaters. They were like, we'll do a fun little thing. Because this was not expected to be a big movie. Uh, And the response at Comic-Con was so positive, they actually basically upped the theater count for the release and then pushed it to September 9th to try and distance it from some other movies because obviously Nope is still out. Yeah. And a few other things are out. And Black Phone was out. So they tried to give it its own weekend so that it would have the best chance for success. And this movie has actually done really fucking good. Yeah, we'll talk about that in box office. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, and actually, I think earlier I said it was Variety. It's the Hollywood Reporter is where the interview is. Oh, okay. So if you look up uh, Hollywood Reporter and Barbarian Secrets of the two, 2022 movie, it's an interview uh, with Zach Krieger who wrote and directed the film. And it's very, very good. So in talking about the movie, there were a few things that stopped people from wanting to make it. So it took him two years to get anyone to even read it and invest the time in it. That's crazy. And here were their points of contention. You can't introduce a new character on page 50, which is Justin Long. Yeah. Nobody wants to see anything about people in show business, and no one wants to follow a rapist for 30 pages. That's so gross. And he's like, you don't understand, though. Like, he's not a good guy. <laughs> like, that's But that's what, the point. That's the, the whole point. Yeah, the point of yeah. this movie is, like, men do terrible things to women. Like, that is, like, one of the major themes in this movie. And it just so happens that one of the men gets killed because of it. Yeah. I mean, Frank dies, too, but he takes his own life. So I feel like he gets away scot-free for all of his crimes. But yeah. Justin Long has a different fate. Right. So it took him a long time to get people to actually even read the script or pass the script along knowing that that was the case. Yeah. So uh, I already kind of talked about how he doesn't want to do a movie about Frank because he doesn't want to like follow that guy for a whole movie. If that makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't want to either. Yeah. He did talk about how he kind of approached the Airbnb portion of this where he said he'd never been double booked, but he was a host where he like had an Airbnb and it was on both Verbo and Airbnb. And he was always worried that he would double book people, Uh, but it never actually happened. Um, But he did say that one time he booked an Airbnb and arrived and it was in a, a very dangerous neighborhood. He hadn't realized that that's what was where it was. Yeah. Uh, and the lock boxes didn't work. And he was out on the street trying to like call to try and get in and a police officer drove by and he was like, 
hey, uh, I'm I'm renting this place. Here's my reservation. I don't feel safe out here. I'm going to break in. And the police officer was like, don't break in, but then just drove away and left him there. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the police in this movie. Yeah, it does. So we ended up having to find another another place to stay. (laughs) Anyway, so that's part of how this movie happens. So people have asked uh, a couple different places, uh, like on Twitter and a few other things, the implication in the first act that Keith, the character of Keith, is going to be a bad guy. A lot of people are attributing some of that to the fact that it's Bill Skarsgård. And so they're like, well, it's Pennywise. So like, of course, course. we're supposed to be scared of him. Yeah. You know, which after somebody plays an iconic villain role like that, and you put them in this kind of an ecosystem within a movie, yeah, you're going to be scared. Like, of course. Yeah. So fun fact, when he was writing the movie, he intended for Keith to be a villain. Okay. Initially. Ah. So he wrote the whole first act as if Keith was the villain, as if there was something off about him. And then when he got down to the basement, he was like, okay, at this point in the movie, he should be making his move to trap her. Right. But he he said that he had a like an epiphany that was like, everyone's going to expect that. Everyone knows that's coming. What if it's just a crazy naked lady who just kills him instantly? Then no one's going to know what's going to happen. And so he wrote that, and that was just going to be the entire movie. That was going to be a 45-minute short film of just the first act. And that's where it was going to end with no other information. But it was basically going to be a 45-minute fake-out of, you thought this guy was the villain, but he's not. But he kept thinking about it and working on it. And so then he was like, I think I need to expand this into a full movie. But if the first act is all about a woman being hypervigilant and being a detective and being smart and trying to outsmart someone that we automatically assume is an antagonist, what if we do the second act as the flip of that? Someone who is completely oblivious to anyone else's feelings or needs or wants or cares, and a literal predator. He's like, so if you have the woman trying to outsmart a predator, what if the predator is the second act? And how do those people play off each other? Because in his mind, as people, they both go through the same sets of conditions. They both encounter the same monster. They are both trapped in the same place, but they react completely differently. And it's because of who they are as people. He views it as a moral test where she passes and he fails. Yeah, that's fair. And that's why the movie's structured the way it is, which I thought was fascinating. I was like, if you're going to have an unlikable protagonist, that is it. Yeah. Because they are unlikable for a reason. Like, that works. So he actually specifically sent it to Justin Long. They they didn't actually. Amazing. Yeah, they just picked Justin Long. I mean, Justin Long, I think, is a great actor, and he crushes this role. Well, the reason they went with Justin Long is because they said... He, the, the director has said that one of the most terrifying sexual predators is somebody who's charming and doesn't seem threatening and is therefore yeah, likable okay. and disarming. Yeah. And so he's like, so the best version of this is like a Tom Hanks. Well, who is young Tom Hanks? Like, who is that? Colin Hanks. 
It is Colin <laughs> Hanks, who all, I think also would have nailed it. I mean, yeah, I think so, I think too. Colin Hanks it. is great. I think Colin Hanks is a better Keith, though. Fair enough. But, like, I mean, if we're looking for which Hank brother would be more likely to sexually assault somebody, I definitely would say Chet Hanks. <laughs> I don't think he has that I know of, but I'm not sure. if you look at Colin and Chet, I would pick Chet out of the lineup. You know what I'm saying? If you were being hypervigilant and had to do an ocular pat down. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so anyway, that's why they picked Justin Long. And I do think he's a great fit for this. He, he is. is perfect for that role. And it's nice to see him in a good horror movie for once. Right. He's been in a few good ones. I've only seen Tusk that he's been in. Oh, Tusk is oh, not one of them. Tusk yeah, is a I, I'm terrible, not a fan. terrible, <laughs> not a fan. terrible movie. Anyway, so originally in one of the earlier cuts of the film, the section where the man from the water tower, Andre, explains what happened in the house, that section didn't exist they had to adr it later really? um, which you'll notice that they kind of cut away from his face as he's explaining it yeah uh, they thought that they had telegraphed what had happened enough with the actual flashback but the studio didn't think so and honestly they do it it's such a short section of them explaining it it didn't bother me i put that together before yeah. someone explained it. Yeah. But I think I also knew about some of the cases that this is based on. So uh, maybe not everyone would. I don't know. Anyway. So in the director's mind, he believes that Frank is her father and grandfather. What surprised me is there was only one woman down there. I don't think there is only one. Okay. And, and I can't prove that. It's not on the screen. But you would think there would be, maybe not a bunch, but like a few at least. I think it's possible that either A, she's the youngest. Yeah. Or B, there are others that we just did not encounter. Yeah. Or maybe they all look alike and we just can't tell them apart necessarily because it's dark down there and we just don't get a good look at them. And I mean, there are a lot of ways you could explain that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think her being the youngest kind of makes sense yeah because your survival rate in that environment would vary yeah absolutely and frank is clearly very old so at a certain point he could not keep the chain going yeah for sure so at a certain point there is a stopping point and i think that might be her the director has said about her that he wanted people to empathize with her and his one of his fears was that in the movie, people were going to cheer that she's dead. He's like, he wanted people to feel kind of conflicted about her being dead. Yeah. Which I was, yeah. personally, when I saw it. I felt bad. So, the section with Frank, that is kind of filmed in a different color story and a different style. So, it's based on a film, an Austrian film from 1983 called Angst. Mikey oh, has told angst. me have you about seen angst? this movie. <laughs> I have yes. seen it. Oh, okay. It, it oh, sounded terrifying. You saw it at a forty or a twenty-four hour film uh, horror fest or I, whatever. 12, 12 hours of terror. See, I did not think anyone would have seen this. Mikey, tell me about this. So, it, Angst is based on a true story of a German serial killer. Yes, who gets on probation and like in the first thirty-six hours murders like six or seven people. Right. And it goes, it is just his perspective of what he does when he gets on probation and goes around murdering people. And it's very graphic and very gruesome. Okay, so that makes more sense about this. The camera angles were unnerving. The whole thing is unnerving because you basically know that this guy is just going around murdering people. Mm -hmm. And so he just like, walks up to innocent people, have conversations, and then murders them. Yeah, so it, it is essentially exactly what you've described. Um, and they filmed it in a very unique way. And they used the same, that same technique in this portion of this film. It's called a snorry cam where it's actually mounted to you over your shoulder yeah. and follows you around. 
So it's meant to essentially give you point of view without just being like a lot of times when we see a point of view shot, it's somebody's eyes. It's like what somebody's eyes would be seeing. Instead, it's almost as if you are a third party observer floating just above this person as they go around. So that's why they use that same motif, but they don't make snorri cams necessarily anymore. So they got a steady cam and they mounted it so they could swirl around him. The original angst, it couldn't move. So in this one, they kind of swirl around him. But part of the reason he chose to do that is because it makes him feel alien in our familiar suburban space, which makes it more menacing, where it's basically like this is a space, an area that we see as familiar and calm, but there is a, a monster in our midst and we are seeing his point of view. So the Hollywood reporter is name checked in this film. That's also the article that we're getting a lot of this from. And they had to actually ask the Hollywood reporter to use their name because it's a, a copywritten name. So they had fake names just in case the Hollywood reporter said no. But when the Hollywood reporter found out how they were going to use their name, which is the article outing him as a sexual predator, they were like, yeah, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> yeah. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget for Barbarian was? And it came out this year. So this year. I think this looks like it's about 12. Okay. I'm going to say eight. Okay. Uh, the movie budget for Barbarian was $10.5 million. Right on either side, yeah. Mikey. That's how we do, Paige. And I think, honestly, it looks great for that. Yeah, it's all on the screen. It looks great. It does. It's well made. It, it's a really well made film. Mm -hmm. So now this movie has only been out for two full weekends. So I am not going to have the final box office numbers because it's still in the theaters. But it came out on September 9th of this year, 2022. And it was number one the weekend it came out. It beat the number two movie was Brahmastra Part One Shiva. Number three was Bullet Train. Number four was Top Gun Maverick. And number five was The Invitation, but not the one we did recently. That's the Netflix movie. This is a different movie. Nope is still in theaters when it comes out, but it's 13th this week. But Nope had been out for eight weeks at this point. I heard Bullet Train is good, though. Oh, I've seen Bullet Train. I loved it. I thought yeah? it was great. Okay, I got to go see it. It looked amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but it looked very much like no stakes, let's just have fun and watch an action movie. It's that Care kind of it. movie. Anyway, so uh, that was its first weekend out, again, September 9th, 2022. What do you think it made in its opening weekend? Ten. Here's a question for you, Todd. Hit me. Did it make more the second weekend? No. Interesting. Okay. Not at all. Because I feel like this is one of those movies that there was buzz coming out of Comic-Con and all of a sudden it was like this movie that came out of nowhere that everyone had to see. So that's how it came on my radar. Cause like right when it was in theaters, I started getting DMS. Like I probably got no joke, 40 DMS saying that yeah. I should watch this movie cause it will break me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to say 6 million. Okay. I'm going to say 10. Mikey, you are almost exactly right. It made its budget back. It made awesome. 10.5 million dollars technically just above it it was like forty three thousand dollars above its budget so it's ten million five hundred and forty three thousand dollars in its opening yeah. weekend. it's so rare that a movie makes its budget back at its opening weekend and this one did it didn't make as much the next week but it was number two this past weekend uh, and it made 6.5 million dollars that week i think it's gonna be in top five for a, a bit because i think word of yeah, mouth I I think that it's getting real good. Buzz. I think so too. Yeah. yeah, and I think it sort of deserves it. Like, I hated this movie. I'll never watch it again. But like, 
if you like horror movies, you'll love this movie. It's well done. Yeah. It's super scary. I hated it. I hope it milks out the box office. Yeah, I I liked it. I want to see his next one. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for somebody to give him more money. I bet they do, yeah. man. I mean, he's obviously proven that at least he can make a movie that makes money. I think it'll do. Yeah. I think it'll do really good on on demand. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it will too. But anyway, so if you're good at math, you know it's total domestic. So I'll just give it to you. It's $21.7 million. And so far, it's only made a million internationally. But again, we're talking it's second week and it's already made worldwide $22 million. 22.7. And double its budget, which means marketing is probably covered too. Oh, I bet marketing is covered. Although there's a lot of marketing for this movie. There's a lot of marketing for it. Now. Now. Yeah. Yes. I think they realized what they had at Comic-Con and poured more money into it. I think, it. So I think too. that's also why they pushed that release a week. I agree. And I think they did that so they could get it on more screens because in yeah. its opening weekend, and I should have talked about this, in its opening weekend, it was on 2,340 screens, which is not quite nationwide. Nationwide's in between 3,500 and 4,000 yeah. is considered a nationwide release. And I bet this is a nationwide release too, but it's not on as many theaters, right? For right. instance, Bullet Train that had been out for six weeks already was still on 3,056 screens. You know what I'm saying? God, it's been out that long? Shit. Yeah, dude, it's been out for a while. It's- I didn't know that. I thought it just came out for I a couple weeks. I thought it weeks. just yeah. came out, yeah. Where'd the time go? So, but that's telling you it's it's gaining buzz as we get. And I think as we get closer to Halloween, it'll just yeah. keep going. That's why, and I think Paige is right when she said, I think it's going to be in the top five for a while because we are mm, getting yeah. into fall spooky season and it is the scariest movie out right now. This Past weekend, Barbarian was beat by the Woman King, and it was in... I heard that's awesome, too. It looks amazing. The trailer looks amazing for it. But it was in 3,765 theaters. Barbarian was still in just 2,340. So, I mean, it's got a nationwide release, but it's not on as many screens as most other nationwide releases. And it's still doing great. Yeah, I think if it keeps doing great, they'll probably expand. I would not be surprised to see that. But that's your box office. Our scary scale, listeners, <laughs> is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film when we watched it this time. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Tainsaw damn it, Massacre. Close enough. Texas Tainsaw Massacre, Paige. <laughs> Paige, what, what do you think? Paige, maybe you should tell everyone what movie we're doing next because Mikey can't pronounce it clearly. <laughs> yeah. We're doing Tain 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 the Massacre. I think I'd give this a three. Oh, what? Fuck me. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, here's. Oh, my God. It's scary. It did not get me that much, though, especially because of Justin Long's kind of like character and all the tunnel shit got me. Hell yeah. All that tunnel shit fucked me up. The first tunnel shit got me. But then once I knew she was down there. I was expecting her, so I was kind of like, okay, I know she's down there. And then when we did the flashback, I had kind of at that point figured out what was going on, which I didn't talk about this in Fun Facts. I said I was going to, but I didn't. Uh, The Leonard Lake and Charles Ng case is a case of two men who kept women prisoner with the express purpose of both videotaping them and potentially procreating with them. Whatever. Google it on your own time. It's dark, though. Just warning. It's a very dark story. super dark. Yeah. Very dark story. Uh, But... Yeah, for me, this is about a three. That's insanity. So for me, it's an eight. That makes sense. This movie was so scary for me. I'm going to give it a six. I do remember, like, so there was a moment where I screamed in the theater, and then Mikey, like, said quietly, oh, that was scary. And that felt very validating to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because Natalie was next to us laughing. Well, that, that scare where she, like, 
kills it where she smashes that. I was like, oh, yeah, nice. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little broken, I think, baby. I yelled. I did not yell nice, though. Yeah. And that's our scary scale. Yeah. So this week, the listeners made us watch Barbarian. What is our new theme for our new month? And what movie will we be watching? It's sequel month. Now, here's the thing. Later in the month, obviously, uh, because it's October, Halloween Ends is coming out. We are going to do it. That's our last movie of October to give you some time to see it. Yeah. Um, But kicking off our sequel month, Mikey, do you want to butcher the title of this movie? Yes. (laughs) We are going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Two. He said it right, Paige. I'm yeah. so proud of that. Yeah. Nailed that. So yeah. your homework for next week is to make a sequel to an iconic movie and hope it's just as good. It's the original writer-director. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay. It's a wild movie. Is it a good movie? We're going to find out. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, wow. Really? Okay, cool. It is mm, interesting. Let's go with interesting. That does not sound promising. It might curve <laughs> more into my lane. Oh, it becomes like a Mikey movie, you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool, 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 cool. So your homework mm-hmm. for next week is to find out just how much of a Mikey movie it is and then ch- to check back next week for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Of course I don't. Well, while you're <laughs> looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast and that is to leave us a five-star text review and I'll forcibly make Mikey read it to you whether he wants to or not. Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read. Oh, we got a bunch that came through. Yeah, we did get a bunch of reviews this Aww. week. Thank you guys so much for that. I'm going to read Ozzy Mendez Rex. All right. Well, what does Ozzy Mendez Rex have to say? And I'm sure you said that name correctly. Uh, it's Ozzy Mendez, and I'm pretty sure what he has to say is that he has become Death Destroyer of Worlds. And anyway, go ahead. <laughs> he <laughs> says, or she's, they say, a reason to look forward to Monday. Aw. Oh, Monday like moon day or Monday like the day? The day. I Well, I don't know. Paige, Mikey, and Todd have quickly become my favorite podcast host, exclamation point. So I didn't say that sentence right. <laughs> I discovered the show about six months ago and right? never looked back. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. My Monday mornings quickly became all about new episodes. Cannot more highly recommend this show to those who enjoy horror and comedy. No cuts! <laughs> but seriously, though, uh, you should look back because it's right behind you. Oh, yeah. And that's my review. Well, that's not my review. That's your review, Ozymandias Rex. Well, Ozymandias Rex, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. That's how it works. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you you want to financially support me but not Todd just look me up 
up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She keeps double booking them at Airbnb. (laughs) It is really annoying, Tia's teenager. Stop doing that. So this episode's also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to show you guys some spooky spider videos. So I am going to do that now. Let me share my screen. Oh, no. Can you guys see it? Yes, and I already don't like it. Yeah, so I mean, I haven't even started the video yet, and it looks like a spider is on a pillow or something, and someone's holding a, like, Tupperware thing to capture it, maybe? It's not going to be. It's too soft. That's too soft to do that for that. You mean the pillow is too soft? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, that's, oh! That thing is huge. Oh, God. I do love how it's playing the Mission Impossible music while they're trying to capture the spider. (laughs) That is very funny. Oh, man. That spider is huge and fast. Like, it's moving fast under there. It is. And it's actually this. Uh, I'm an, a weirdo that watches spider videos on YouTube sometimes. Uh, that's a, a house spider. It's a common house spider in the UK. Uh, it's very really? big. Yes. And it's they, they weren't always there. They've, like, started showing up in the past, like, 10, 20 years. And they're not entirely sure where they migrated from. That's a common House spider in the that. UK? Oh my god, though! Like I thought, I thought America was getting bad. America is also getting bad, by the way. You mean just like in general? But also our our spiders. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for the spooky spider videos and the support. We appreciate you. We now return you to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. Okay, this is it, Mikey. Don't get scared now. <laughs> All right, I need three words. I don't know what I was doing Oh you know what we should do Is Mikey will ask for A character name A prop and a location From Paige and Mm -hmm. I And then he has to work those three things Into his Patreonicals It's like a 48 hour film festival setup. I'm ready Okay Give me a person Tobias Great Funke or otherwise Just any Tobias I don't care Tobias Okay Okay. Got it Give me an object A euro Love it. Yeah, right. Love it. Okay. Okay. And what's the third one? C-Lab. 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 Yeah. Okay. So you have to work in Tobias, C-Lab, and whatever Paige said. What was it? A Euro. A Euro. That's right. Okay. So it's, hmm, it is prehistoric dinosaur times in their little city. Okay. How you're going to work in C-Lab and a Euro, I'll never know. It's uh, it's Kate. She's getting a psychic message. Okay. Is it from Enrique Iglesias? I can be your hero, baby. <laughs> I can wrap you up in meats. <laughs> no, it is a psychic message broadcast from Tobias. Okay. I saw this coming. Where he, where it's like, use the word in a sentence. This is a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, you're right. 
It's not from Tobias. Okay. It's from C Lab. Mr. Rage Bomb. <laughs> oh. oh, Mr. Mr. Rage Bomb. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. All right. All right. He says, Kate, you guys left me in the time machine from one of those other crazy storylines, and I ended up back here in prehistoric times. I'm in a C Lab with other people. <gasps> oh, okay. And Kate's like, what the fuck? So she goes outside, and Isaac and Karun and Tobias. No, Tobias is not there. He's there to analyze them later. He's there in Alrapis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you go you go outside, and it, it's... Uh, so Isaac is eating a hero, and then so is Karun. I like how Isaac Dave. is eating a hero, like an actual person who is a hero. A gyro. It's a gyro. <laughs> well, I mean, hero. We don't know hero. because Isaac is a known cannibal in this story. Well, they're yeah. all, a lot of people are eating them. Uh, yeah, yeah, Karun yeah. is. Um, then they like, like, Kate scans her head to the left, and then it's like, it's Scott on a giant spit. So there's a giant slab of meat on it. Okay. And it's spinning on like a thing, just like the at the like the shops at the Greek place. You mean like in their like lamp light oven thing that like it's just like spinning lamp, yeah. leg of lamb thing? Yeah, but yeah. they're doing that on sideways on a you know, well, yeah, they're it's doing like that. prehistoric times. They don't have like electricity or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But the 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 white sauce is Allie the Mermaid. She makes the white sauce, secretes oh. it. It's just like a let's not talk about that. It's not as sick as you think, but we're not gonna go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> so so Cody from the pawn shop and Alex the magician Alex is yelling at his wife Lauren uh the cave woman <laughs> right common law they didn't officially get married but yeah he's like Lauren you killed our pet and she's like that was Tobias I mean he was our brontosaurus but now he is a high a hero a hero a hero so they're having a, a brontosaurus hero is what you're saying yeah dinosaurs takes like lamb I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not know that. Honestly, I didn't. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. Good to know. I mean, they have spared no expense, so it makes sense. But Yeah, and uh, Jeremy with the laser eyes was was also like he was cutting the meat off the thing. <laughs> with his eyes? With his yeah. eyes. I yeah. love it. There you go. Love it. Nailed it. So uh, the Mun people were like, hey, Kate, what are you talking about? You got to, you know, and Libby and Aaron and Danielle were all three still like, impregnating west with moon clones and it's just it's just nasty they're and still he's, at he's it like, man yeah they're in a cave now hidden away and like libby was like hey what, what's going on and she's like there is a sea lab with mr rage bomb on it we got to go rescue him and so bowie's the florida man was like yo shining donut grab your girl jennifer and let's go and so shining donut you can be made into a boat we just gotta like, get it be a big donut we'll go out there yeah he's like hell yeah bro and so they <laughs> they put like an outboard motor on the like donut and it, it's floating down, but like flying down the the, the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Dreskel hops on because he's like, I hate this place and I'm supposed to be the villain, but there's not really anything going on in olden times. And Dave was like, I want to go because besides dying, I've had nothing else happen in the plot. And uh, <laughs> and then uh, they start going. They get on the donut, and Dave lives in this episode. They're gonna go out to sea and rescue. Oh, wow. Yeah, they get they get everybody on the donut. They're like, let's go together. It's a group field trip. Let's go. And they're going to Sea Lab. Well, I guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out what happens at Sea Lab on another exciting adventure on the, the Patreonicals. That's gonna be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey, and I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have an amazing week. Bye, barbarous nerds.